0: Okay, just the first four. Uh, okay.
1: Cool. Oh, I wanted to tell you, I really like our starting music. Our starting music? Yeah. It is good because I've been listening to other podcasts and I was like, eh, I don't know.
0: But I really <laughs> like ours. Our starting music is good. One podcast that I really like has um, like a singing bowl uh, in the transition, yeah. and it's like, mm, like I'm not, I can't I can't yeah try to s- replicate a singing bowl, but it's really sweet. It's like you're listening to the. I don't know. Like it's a transitional, like a transition between the intro and the actual thing. Oh,
1: nice. Has like
0: a. <laughs> cool.
1: Well, okay. we'll have a special episode on how to do that. Yeah, help, help, help. Um, so it's just me and Rachel today. Um, we decided that it's been. We think it's been a year since we started.
0: The <laughs> year, maybe more. Mhm. Yeah, we had a lot of um, dreams for (laughs) how this would roll out, and real life happened, which is actually kind of cool, because it's like we are doing things, and yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and I think a lot of um, the great part about the podcast is it allows us to make connections in the other areas where we're doing things, too, so it's like getting to meet Natalie was really awesome. I'd never met her before. (laughs) And now um, she got to teach at Dirty South Yoga Fest and saw her last week at your event. And that's a relationship that I didn't have at all before. Yeah.
0: I guess I didn't realize you hadn't met her.
1: No. I'd heard wonderful things about her. Yeah. She's great. I think everyone else I'd met before. Yeah. I'd have to look at the list.
0: Anyhow, just really like, I think what I'm really clear about is like, we are doing this because it's cool and fun and like other people do podcasts and it's like, build this list and then do this thing and make it a business thing. And I'm not saying that like this, who knows, maybe people want to give us money to be advertisers (laughs) on this. I don't know. But what's nice is that it's like a thing that we do when we can do it and it feels like nourishing which is cool you know what i mean like it's like exciting to work on and it's we just get to do it when we want to
1: exactly and i think i think we've been good i mean
0: you know (laughs) no i do i do think we've been good i just i guess like i listen to so many podcasts i'm like it's different than you know the way that i see people really like strategize things but I'm also like mildly averse to that. So maybe that's what's really coming up.
1: Yeah, we'll just right go now, with the flow. No strategy.
0: Me, me being very averse to like things feeling really like outcome based instead of enjoying the process. Exactly. I hate like, and this is the outcome and all that matters is the outcome. I hate that.
1: Right. Like if you sign up for X and X, we'll get. per person who signs up for... Yeah, 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 yeah. That.
0: I hate that kind of stuff. I hate that kind of stuff. Like, I'm like, no. Like, you just have to, like, do the thing, and then things will happen. Or they won't. Totally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, so our
0: intention for today was
1: to kind of talk about what we've been up to. Because our last... When we started season one, we kind of introduced ourselves and then shared our... Personal projects, mm-hmm. um, but since and our learnings, and our learnings, um, but since then, Rachel's started a whole new nonprofit. I think
0: maybe you just started
1: Cultivate Union.
0: I think I had like, I had the idea, and I was maybe doing paperwork, but there wasn't any at the moment of that. Like the public face wasn't out there yet. No, yeah, definitely not. Maybe I had like an Instagram for Cold Fate Union. Like, I'd like reserved the handle. <laughs> it's a big deal. I think I had one <laughs> reserved handle for
1: like a concept that I had Yoga yeah. Goats. No, it was, um,. <laughs>
0: Which, which someone's like, people do. People it's a doing thing that. now. Yeah. It's weird. It is. Like, I'm like, okay, like three years ago. Yeah, what we're talking about <laughs> is
1: three years ago, Um, we went to the Kashi Ashram, and we were doing volunteer work on the last day, and there were goats everywhere, and people were like, ha, oh, let's do yoga goats, and now it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you were like, I'm going to say yogagoats.com, and like, whatever. <laughs> okay, so go ahead. Should have done it. Um, Anyways, so our goal is to talk... About what we've been up to, fill you in on it, and hopefully there will be some things that you guys find interesting and want to join in on. Yeah. So,
0: you want to go first? Yeah. Um. Well, should we talk? Should I talk about like a specific? Like, do you want to talk about the event last week?
1: Yeah. Let's Let's talk about that. But first, tell people what Cultivate Union is because okay. I don't know if we've even talked about it.
0: Yeah. Here. Okay. So. Cultivate Union is a nonprofit that I founded. Um, it'll be one year in October. Right, who knows when this is going to come out? I won't even say when we're recording this. But <laughs> I bet October. Okay. <laughs> it'll be one year in October, which is really wild to think about um, how quickly things can come to fruition when like, my intention is really pure. Um, and also just like when people really help. <laughs> so mm-hmm. many people have helped me. Uh, And I know that I wouldn't have been able to do this if I didn't have such great people in my life. Um, So Cultivate Union is a nonprofit that um, the vision is to deepen the impact of meditation and yoga in Atlanta. And it's really just through community programming um, with Trauma Informed Yoga, which I partner with a few different organizations to do that. And then um, financial assistance because um, I shouldn't say scholarship because I read that on the internet about the IRS. So financial assistance <laughs> for yoga uh, instructors to create uh, sorry to take specialized trainings that are more like therapeutic or even yeah trauma informed, not just uh, asana based.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's really awesome, and I think what. Um I want people to understand is that this is really great for the yoga community because mm-hmm. um, I think one of the things we've talked about in general is um, one of the challenges of becoming a yoga teacher yeah and one of those can be a financial challenge so by providing these financial assistance opportunities you are both supporting the training programs yeah so the teacher teachers putting on the trainings and The teachers who are able to take the
0: trainings yeah so
1: it's like this exponential benefit for in all directions
0: yeah so cultivate union like one of the values is local so like really highlighting what is working here in atlanta supporting local studios um and really helping community grow in that way. And then um, because initially when I had the idea, I was like, Oh, I wanna give I wanna give teachers money and like here's the real thing. It's like I'm creating a thing that I wish I had, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's how especially works. as like you know, another layer to cultivate Union is like what is representation in yoga. So especially as like a black woman, where there's like all these outside factors of like, do I see myself in this community? Do I feel like I belong in this community? And then like all of the work that it takes to become a teacher. Like I would have loved some support financially. Um and I think that's a universal experience. Like you don't have to be a black woman to feel like right. fuck, I need some support with uh, what's happening. Anyhow, um, yeah, like I initially was like, oh, I'm gonna fundraise, and I my initial thought was I'm gonna give away twenty thousand dollars in the first year, and um, I'm gonna give it away in these tiers, and then I realized like, okay, if I give away chunks of five thousand dollars, that's like great, but that will impact like four people, and um, in Atlanta we have some advanced trainings, but maybe not as many as in other cities. Um, and then even internationally. And so I just was like, wait, I don't want to give people money that like then just goes like to LA or to New York or like Bali. Like I want to give people money that supports Atlanta. Um, So that was really, really important to me when I then decided like, okay, now that I'm ready to like give away money, I want to support the teachers that are here in this community that have been working diligently. And I feel really excited about every program That Cultivate Union has supported because I have relationships with those people and I know um, what it took for them to get to where they are. So I feel happy and proud and honored to be able to help a teacher meet them, help a teacher experience their work and like see their expertise. And then, yeah, like maybe put some money in that studio's pocket or that teacher's pocket. So, yeah, cool. Um, do you want to talk about some of what you've been doing
1: in, I don't want to say the other branch, but like in the programming that you've been doing yeah. to serve the the community as well?
0: Yeah, so um, I feel really passionate about yoga classrooms being trauma aware, which I think is something that is really becoming more popular Um, but maybe it's not something that's integrated in every 200 hour program. So there are teachers that don't understand certain principles and would have to seek out like, what does it mean to be trauma aware? And so trauma defined even, and I like this, um, definition from the women off the mat into the world is just anything that you experience that you don't have the tools or resources to cope with. Mm -hmm. And so there's shock trauma, which is like a one-time event and then developmental trauma, which is something that's happened like throughout your childhood so, there's like, doesn't have to be, you know, sometimes when we think about trauma, a lot of people are like, you know, it's like sexual abuse or sexual assault or something like that. And it could be something as intense as that. Or it could be like, you know, it was traumatic for me to have a teacher tell me I couldn't go to the bathroom in school. You know what I mean? Like power dynamics. So, mm-hmm. like, what does that mean? So, just understanding that pretty much everyone in the world like, has had an experience typically that then lives in their body um, related to trauma. And so how do we create safety in a classroom through like our language and our touch and like the way that we show up as a person in power? And so since I'm super passionate about that, I also want to bring more trauma-informed yoga to people that wouldn't might not normally have access people that you know their communities have consistently experienced more trauma because of like the systems of our world right. um so somehow um i have developed this relationship with mercy care which is a local health care provider and they have clinics all over the city And through their clinic, I've been able to support their behavioral health program at City of Refuge, which is um, literally just like this amazing place that serves the community right off Joseph Boone in Vine City. And we have weekly classes there with
1: Oh, I always imagined you being at the Mercy Care. Oh, at the clinic? At the, the one right here on DeKalb Avenue. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh-huh. So it's at City of Refuge.
1: Got it. Okay. I was just imagining you there when I came <gasps> by. I was yeah. like, oh, that's Which cool. is like funny. Now I know. You're on board. Something.
0: So a lesson learned <laughs> so it can be more clear. Well, no. Um, but yeah, so we're at City of Refuge and then we have a class with um, some of the women that are there living in their dormitories who are experiencing homelessness and need some extra support. And then we just started classes with the women that live in, they have permanent housing for women that are leaving, human trafficking, sex exploitation, and so bringing trauma-informed yoga to them. So I
1: want to ask you an experience about this, not as the founder of the organization, but as a yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. How was it for you coming into these classrooms um, of people who have been affected by trauma?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and how did you show up in a way that, like, that demonstrated that you could? Ha- I mean, part of it's the trauma-informed tra- training, but I can see for a lot of yoga instructors is that being really intimidating. To come into a situation like that, being like, oh, "Am I equipped to serve these people?"
0: Yeah. So, I still wonder that you know a lot, and I think it'd be weird if I didn't. Um, and so, to be clear, like this is something I've been really interested in for a long time, and I tried right when I first came out of training, and I was really clear, like, "Oh, I do not have the tools." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I graduated from my two hundred hour training and I don't, maybe you know this, but, and then I was like, I'm gonna help women that are, like, coming out of domestic abuse situations, and I reached out to the YWCA in Marietta, where I was living, and I, like, stalker called an email, because, like, (laughs) people were like, what the fuck is yoga, why would we do that, you know, and, um, finally it happened, and I taught a class with the women, and I was like, oh, like, this is not, like, the yoga that I learned to teach, like, there's a lot of, like, body things or like mobility or chronic pain mm-hmm. and like, you know, there weren't any props and I was like, ooh, this is confusing. Yeah. Um, so I did that a couple times, and then I just kind of put that aside and just all the while was like, I really feel pulled to this, but I I don't know, you right. know? Anyhow, so doing trauma informed training obviously helped. Reading helps. Um doing my off the mat into the world training helped. I think the most important thing is like I had to really consider like why is this important to me and can I be empty enough to show up to these women or for these women and with these women and like just be okay with whatever happens including if they're like oh the yoga lady's here and now I'm gonna walk another direction because like I don't want to go to class today <laughs> which like happens or like They're like, "Mm, I have to take a call. I got to go. And then some women and then the same woman the next week is like so into it and like really engaged. So it's like you just have to really let go of all of your expectations about, you know, them or yourself or what happens and like be present to the alchemy of the moment and like watch that which is uh yeah learning how to hold space um not only for them but for yourself um and I also have had like I've been like called out by the women I don't, yeah I also don't think you know this mm-hmm. so um I guess that this is okay to talk about, right? Because I'm I don't like not know saying people's say. names. Yes, and stuff? I think. Okay, I think, I think so. <laughs> so there was like a moment, and I was told that like this is fairly common, but um, I guess the women were like, "Well, she talks down to us," and blah well, blah all this stuff, which is I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." But like instead of getting defensive, it's my job to just say, "Okay, maybe that's true. Maybe the way that I'm talking, like." I should be more aware of. Maybe um, I need to watch my tone. Maybe I need to watch my facial expressions and be more aware of how I am occurring for other people, as opposed to being like, I'm not talking down to you. Like I'm just trying to like come here and do a good thing, you know. So I've had a lot of like opportunities to be checked hmm. and like let myself be checked. That's really interesting. Yeah, and so I mean, then we had like a whole open conversation about it. And, like, it wasn't all the women. With this, with your students? Mm-hmm. Oh. With the women and oh. their, with their um, peer support leader, to kind of, like, facilitated this, like, conflict resolution, if you will. Wow. Yeah. And I just had to take it. And I had to say, like, yeah, you know, I don't have a lot of inflection in my voice. I can talk at, like, a really flat level. Uh, maybe you would perceive that as, like, I'm not excited or whatever. And um, just, like, owning things that are a part of who I am that, like, be difficult for someone to receive but really it's my responsibility to know that you yeah know? um and also just watching like oh I have you know driven to this class rushing and like maybe that changed how I showed up for them what do I need to change to like show up and be like really present and whole or even if in the moment I thought that's what I was doing And then I wasn't. So I'm not saying everyone has to be that reflective. Like, that's just my tendency to be. No,
1: I think that's a huge sign of, like, not even just in the yoga world, just in the world in general. People jump so so into this place of defensiveness that they can't see the other person's perspective. So I think that's huge and awesome um, that... And it's really interesting to me that you sat down and had a discussion about it because I think so often things go unsaid and then they go unresolved and build. And yeah. just the airing it out, I think that's a really interesting experience. Um, yeah,
0: I'm super grateful. Like I literally, I was yesterday. I was teaching yesterday with one of the girls who comes with me, and we're working together to like get her to feel comfortable to taking a class on on her own. And we were talking after, and I just thought, this is like the best initial partnership I could ever have. Like, Mercy Care is an amazing organization, City of Refuge is an amazing place. Like, they're so open. The fact that their leadership would say, let's have this open conversation. We know in the past that it's not good to let it go unaddressed. And like, we know the women actually enjoy the yoga. Right. We know that they enjoy it. We know that they enjoy you. Let's like, nip this in the bud and get really clear. Um, well, and it's an opportunity for them to see you as you are also,
1: for you to vocalize how you, like they're perceiving you as one way, mm-hmm. and you're saying this is how I, this is what was really, what my intention was behind it, yeah. and I'm sorry that it was being perceived not sorry, but I it was I can see that it was being perceived a different way by you. Totally. Because I can I can even think of examples where I've done that to my teachers as a student. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like I remember, and I guess I'm gonna say names. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I remember when I first met Marlisa. Marlisa has this really interesting way of like when you ask her a question, she'll like ask you a question back. So that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> she asks. You oh a question. my gosh! And at first I was like, ah, <laughs> oh. like I was like I just thought she was like. I don't know, being... I don't know what it was, but I had this huge resistance to You're her. Like, why won't you give me an answer? Yeah, <laughs> or, like, um, or like, are you testing me? Or like, what's... <laughs> like, I don't have the answer. Yeah. Um, but over time, I appreciate that so much about her, that like now when teachers don't answer me with a question, I'm, I, I do the same thing where I project like, oh, well, why aren't you answering me with a question? You know, yeah. we all see people through our own... Um, our own occurrence mm-hmm. which is shaped by millions of things that have gotten to this very moment yeah. so being able to either as the perceived or the perceiver step away and say okay what's what's preventing me from being able to just see the situation as it is mm-hmm. and what shades am i throwing on it that may or may not be like what lens am i looking at it, this through totally yeah okay, so and
0: Olivia Shapiro, I took her applied psychology for yogis course in like four years ago, I think, in the beginning. Now she's like a little more popular, but I remember she used this term oscillation and she was talking about it in terms of like all the levels of awareness that you're involved in when you're teaching a class. And I love considering that because it really helps me just like in every day, like, oscillating between like, okay, I'm talking to you, but I'm also like aware of what I'm thinking, but I'm also like, okay, I'm perceiving that I'm like maybe a little chilly right now. And so it's like when we can kind of like tease out the layers of our experience, then things don't have to become so overwhelming, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was able to tease out like, okay, like I feel a little hurt, but like I really care about these women. And then also like, okay, maybe I should consider how they are viewing me. Um, And then, like, okay, how does that relate to how Cultivate Union moves forward with Mercy Care? Like, how do I need, like, all the different ways that I need to be, like, aware of what was going on, just so that I could be able to not even resolve the issue, but just, like... Come to an understanding of the issue. Yeah, like, okay, there's a thing, you know? But that idea of, like, oscillation really helps when I consider, like, conflict, like... So that I don't want to just be like, ugh, you know, like. And that's just, the initial reaction. That's yeah. the reaction place. It's like, oh, if you feel like the word. gut punch, yeah, like when she told me that, I was like, well, that fucking sucks. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh. Also, because it was one of the most exciting things I do in my yeah. week, you know, and I told them I was like, I actually really love this class. This is probably one of my most favorite opportunities, and it actually makes me kind of sad that I that you don't like. That however I am occurring for you doesn't convey that, you know? And mm-hmm. I think even saying that to them was like, oh, okay. You yeah, know? absolutely. So I don't know if that was the answer to your question, but basically it's really I don't hard. Know <laughs> it's hard to show up in the space, and I have to like watch myself. And even the girl that I um, am working with, she's had her own experiences where she's been like, you know, I feel like these women don't want to listen to me, and they think I'm just like this young, dumb white girl. And I'm like, cool, tell me more. (laughs) Yeah. Because we have to like say that stuff out loud or else it's like there's this Carl Jung quote that's like, um, I'm going to paraphrase it, but it's like, uh, if you don't make your unconscious conscious, then it will drive your life and you will call Mm. it fate. Right? Oh my god. So it's like, we got to look at that stuff that's like, when she was like, I'm scared of this. And it's like, cool, let's talk about why you're scared. Because then we can just go, that's not even true, you know? And she was, like, immediately after, like, and I know that's not true, but that's what I'm scared of, and that's how I'm showing up, right? And then it's, like, and then they feel that. Yeah. And then they mirror it back to you.
1: Yeah. You know? Well, and I think what's really cool about this whole situation that you've laid out and gone through is that this is something that could be applied in all areas of our lives, like our country right now. Oh God, like yoga. our world right oh, wow. now. Yoga is like a universal thing. Oh we would have sunk okay. no. Yeah. I'm um but yeah, I mean it's just like if only <laughs> so many more people would come to the table with the willingness to like look at themselves in the situation, come to a resolution, we would have so many less problems. Or we wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't be that we had less problems. We'd be able to resolve problems.
0: Yeah. And the real world is like. This year Not has everyone just does been. Yoga. <laughs> yeah, this year <laughs> has just been like thing upon thing upon thing, and I yeah. just feel like I'm like dodging shit left and right. So it's yeah. like, uh, you know, I can't say that like I would have answered that question so gracefully like in January when I was like really angry. Yeah. (laughs) And like very confused by uh, people in my life and things happening in the world. Um, Yeah.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, bottom line you're doing awesome stuff with Cultivate Union, and it's really incredible that. It's only been a year. So it's super it's really crazy. it feels like it's that it actually like in operation has been less than a year.
0: Yeah, in operation programming, it's September, so a full eight months yeah. of financial assistance. That's not even a birthed baby. <laughs> yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah, so eight months of like and so there's been fifteen teachers in some way, shape or form have received financial assistance, you know two weekly classes, the City of Refuge, one event.
1: Uh... Oh, yeah, we were going to talk about that.
0: Yeah, and then we can talk about Dirty Okay, South. cool. So, may- wait, maybe, maybe you should talk about your experience of it or something. Maybe, event maybe last week? Yeah, maybe I set the stage of, like, what the inspiration was, and okay. then you can kind of – then we can kick off the conversation with, like, what you experienced. Cool. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was called – yoga of money and actually you and i were like maybe we should do a panel with people or maybe i had this idea and you're like no
1: (laughs) no we were we were talking about it and then i was like
0: i've got too many many things. things
1: yeah i can't make this happen
0: i also have like a lot of ideas um so, yeah, it was like, oh, maybe we could do a panel with Not Quite a Sutra, and it's like, makes sense, because we've already had oh, these right. conversations. We were, oh, We
1: that's right. Yeah. I forgot it was
0: going to be under Not
1: Quite a Sutra. That's... Okay.
0: Yeah, because we've already had, like, conversations with people anyhow, but then we could do, like, a live thing or something and have it, like, as a community-building experience. Right. That was... Yeah. That was yeah. Right. So, <laughs> that was the initial idea, like, probably a year ago. Yeah. And then... Uh, or not a year ago, but... And then... Multiple people had reached out to me, like, with a similar idea. And then, finally, I was like, okay, something should happen. Yeah. So, Rachel PV, who's a local yoga teacher, and just recently left her corporate job to freelance with PRs, doing, um, she has her own company called Blissful Budget, where she supports people with all their, like, financial things. So, I was meeting with her, and I was like, let's just do this thing. Like, let's do this, let's do this thing, let's talk about money, let's... Bring people together and let's you know promote your thing. Yeah, which I didn't, I didn't know she was doing that, so I had no idea. Well, that's that's kind of how it came together. I had also just done a panel. I don't want to talk about that. I had just done a panel about money, and I thought this makes sense. So that's where it came from, yoga of money, and it wasn't so much like how to make money as a yoga teacher because I'm personally am not. Uh, interested in trying to provide answers for people because I know that the industry as we know it as a yoga profession is less than 50 years old. There's so many opportunities and I think it's up to people to create their own solutions and like um, I'm using Elizabeth's word a lot but the alchemy of the thing mm. which is like we all have our own experience of the practice. Um, we all have our own like financial commitments or backgrounds. so it's like there is no one-size-fits-all. So I was really interested in just saying, like, okay, instead of, like, a how-to, let's talk about, like, what your story is, what you've learned. And so we had Natalie on it, which was awesome. Um, and when I called her, it was really funny, because she was like, this is actually a big theme for me this year, and this thank you for asking me. So she, like, was really stoked to cool. talk about it. And Natalie's a yoga teacher and healer, and when we put this out, hers will have come out, so you'll have a chance to hear about her. Uh, and then I... I asked Vanya, who, um, I guess I met, I don't know if I met Vanya Akashi or somewhere else, but Vanya has had a few different companies. She had Point with Giovanna, who's another woman that I know. And that kind of was a thing for a while. And then she had cherished life as a physical space, closed the physical space, but continues cherished life as a brand. And I just thought that was really cool. Like, why not have someone who has had like... A partner and no partner, and like navigate a transition, like open a physical space, like also as a health coach, like has had to work with that yeah. kind of personal alchemy situation and has children. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I was like, what a cool perspective. And then um, we had Amy King, who's awesome and yes. is a chiropractor. And I wanted to have someone who wasn't a yoga teacher, but that, you know, still was like a service provider. But maybe not like, um, not like, anyhow, so Amy made sense. And I'm good friends with her, and we've talked about money, and I wanted her to be there. And then, Nella. And that was
1: the first time I'd ever met her in real life.
0: Really? Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? Oh, my God. Yeah, everybody see Amy King. She gives beautiful, gentle, and precise adjustments. Um, She's and then, a chiropractor. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Netta from Tough Love makes sense you know tough love has been such a huge part of my yoga path and I mean I like helped run well and yeah, I,
1: um,
0: I think it was really good to have a studio owner yes perspective yeah so I wanted to have like teacher studio owner woman with children women of color white women like I really had like All these ideas that I wanted, like, of who I wanted to be able to represent a lot of different experiences. Um, And then give them a platform to tell a story and tell a story about something that, like, is talked about a lot one on one with yoga teachers, but not so much at large Um, about, you know, money, value, worth. How do you navigate all that kind of stuff? Because, again, there aren't really a ton of guidelines or, like, avenues for how to do this, you know? So, okay, you talk about your <laughs> thoughts. Um, okay. Um,
1: well, there was something that you said that kind of, I felt like, wrapped it all up, but I can't remember what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Um Okay, well, I'll just tell you what my thoughts were. Um, so, I thought some of the... the I thought one of the things was that there were themes that kind of ran throughout people's stories. So, oh, yeah, yeah, So, yeah. um, you know, seeing these people follow their passion, if you will, and give up the security of whatever it was that they were doing before, that mm-hmm. was kind of like this whole, it requires a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and from most of the perspectives, people were leaping into like this area of unknown, mm-hmm. which um, which I guess we're kind of trying to shine light a little bit on like, look, these, here's an example of, it is possible to do this. You're not jumping into a complete unknown. There are ways, there are paths, but one of the biggest takeaways I took from it was um, everyone's experience is gonna look a little bit different You know, like, um, you can be a successful yoga teacher, um, like Vanya, who has over the years come to this specialized um, prenatal yoga, Mm -hmm. and she's gone through the route of having a physical space, a studio, and that wasn't her calling, and it required these, like, pivots. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which, hashtag Jenny Blake. Hashtag, I've, I've been, I just finished, I've been listening it to an audio book because then I can do laundry while doing it. Yeah. But um, Rachel recommended the book called, what was it called? It's called Pivot. 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 <laughs> there you
0: go. <laughs> um,
1: so it's it's like, you're kind of jumping into this big experience, experiment, yeah. um, where you take some steps about what you know, you have to tune in it's kind of like a yoga practice you have to tune in see what's working what's not um, and take a pivot Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like this winding path that from the people that we were talking to they all seem to say you know the first two years are hard you know you're, you're kind of figuring it out and doing all those pivots until you hit a stride and I think some people were saying it's like two years in, three years in, that all of your work kind of starts to pay off and come together.
0: And I would say, like, because of my relationship with all those people, is that like it's probably still hard, but in a different way.
1: Right. 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 Well, and part of it is like the un- the uncertainty of of knowing what's right for your for your calling. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that. I, I can't tell you how many times I was just like sitting there nodding as to like what they're saying. Like, yeah, I saw you a lot. Just oh being my like, gosh! That's yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. But I think at one time Banya was like, and sometimes you just don't want to do yoga, and I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, then yeah. There. I'm there. Um, but I think the big thing, kind of, I guess, summing up what I took away from it was, um, as a yoga in- instructor, you're an entrepreneur.
0: Mm -hmm. so
1: if you don't want to run a business, it's going to be really hard for you to do that as your full-time gig, so you can find another way to do it that fulfills you. Um, So there will be uncertainty. You do have to run your own business. You do have to be an entrepreneur, Um, but I think the beautiful thing about it is it's like a big puzzle. You can take the pieces that work for you and fit them together in a way that adds up to meet your needs. Mm -hmm. It is possible. um, And seeing all these role models talking about their experience, um, their successes, if you will, um, and their challenges shows that it is possible to follow your dreams and make a life out of it. Um, What I did want to add is that and this is just from my, all of my personal dramas as being a yoga instructor, (laughs) Um, is that you can make it be whatever you want. Like, is it Mary Catherine who works at, not Mary Catherine.
0: Uh, I'm like, yes, there's a Mary Catherine and I love her. Who
1: works at um, Eventbrite. In Nashville? Yeah. 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 Mary. Yeah. So I almost. Catherine Hoffer, Yeah. Mary Catherine. So I was actually thinking about her the whole time. And afterwards I was like. She was sitting right next to me. Why didn't I um, point her out? Yeah. She was there. But she is a really good example of someone who has a really cool day job. Yeah. Teaches yoga. Yeah. Teaches yoga teacher trainings. And has like. Fit it all together in a way that. Is fulfilling for her. I think the. The big piece that a lot of the people on the panel. Left their corporate or whatever they were doing, they were leaving things that were like soul sucking for them. Mm-hmm. And not all jobs are soul sucking. Mm-hmm. So, if you have a job that you really like and love, you don't necessarily have to quit your job to teach yoga. But if it is soul sucking, then and you want to be a full time yoga teacher, you can quit your job and make it work. So, yeah.
0: you know what I mean? I mean, I like. Dream about having a job I love. Like I wish I had a job I loved so that <laughs> I would work and yeah. then like also do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just hasn't happened yet, uh, which then makes me think, okay, maybe because I have to create my own job. Yeah. But I don't think that's like everyone's thing. But I literally like when I am like when I really think about it, like I'm like I wish I had a job where I like made money and it was cool. And I was like autonomous, but also creative, and then could teach. Like, that would be the fucking dream.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's what you're building and like being a year in. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, that's, and for me, too, you know, I, yeah. I wrestle with, you know, day job, tried teaching yoga and day job. Um, but I think what it really comes back to is like find the things that bring you joy. Do them, puzzle them together in a way that meets your financial needs, and you're going to be okay. Financial needs, yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, it's a real, real thing. Yeah,
1: because we even talked to Sarah about that. that, That'll be out, too. That'll be out, yeah. Um, (laughs) Sarah, um, that's a really good one to listen to if you're interested in um, the yoga of money.
0: Yeah.
1: But I think one other example of someone who I think does this really well is Jane Cook. Because she has her jewelry business. Mm-hmm. She teaches yoga. She does um, Thai body work. And, is she an actress? No. Her husband is. Her husband is. I just saw her like modeling on something. So I was like, oh, she's a, she's an actress. Um, I just wanted her to be an actress. but it's She just, should be. Yeah, exactly. So who knows? She'll be the next actress as well. <laughs> um, but it is like piecing together these things that bring you joy in a way that adds up.
0: Yeah, so essentially... like. A capstone might be, and also because I have personal relationships with all the people you've mentioned, like, I'm like, it's, the capstone could be, like, it's so easy to look at someone and see, like, all of their successes, but it's, like, that conversation I wanted to use to, like, highlight challenges Mm -hmm. and, like, tell the whole story, but then also it's, like, no, very few people are making it as a yoga teacher, like just teaching yoga. That okay. Oh, you yes. know what I mean? That so it's like the other thing. Yeah, so it's like, or if you're teaching yoga, you're teaching not just group classes, because let me tell you. Yeah. Ain't nobody rolling in the dough. Or maybe you are, and there are teachers that are teaching like 25 year I would die. I would die. Like literally i would die I, would, <laughs> I don't even know how else i could say <laughs> three times <laughs> uh, but yeah so it's like it's not just the one thing right now at the stage and where we are in the profession and if it is if you're looking at like the sean corns and the katherine budig's and i actually love because katherine budig has been talking about this a lot oh, like, good. she's like this is what i built my career on and now i want to make a shift and that's confusing yeah you know like she was teaching workshops and traveling a bunch and then, like, got an injury and went through a divorce and, like, has had all this shit go on and is now, like, okay, what's next? Like, she's in the middle of a pivot. and then, yeah. So, a lot of the publicity she's doing That lately. book is so good. Everyone read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, basically, being a yoga teacher is, like, pivot, pivot, pivot.
1: Totally. And, hope oh, you said something else that made me think of something else. <laughs> Shoot. Okay, Catherine Booting, What was before that? You don't, oh, percentage. You. Percentage. Okay. okay. So, because I'm a nerd, I was reading like the Yoga Journal and Yoga Alliance did some kind of like mass study of the yoga industry, and I was yeah. reading it for fun. Because, I've read that. I spent a lot of time with that this weekend. Yeah. Was were you looking at a <laughs> piece? <For your> CCI <laughs>
0: obligation.
1: Yes. Well, anyways, the one the piece that I was like, they had a percentage, twenty nine, and I could be completely lying. lying. I'll. I'll double check my sources, but it was only twenty nine percent of yoga teachers make their full income from teaching yoga. Twenty nine percent that do, so that means seventy percent are doing something else where that, that brings them the bulk of their money. Than that. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, twenty. It's still say, Like it's small. Just think about all the yoga teachers that you go to, and that's three out of ten.
0: Yeah, it's 2.9. 2.9. That's <laughs> actually not even 3.9. maybe missing share. a big toe. <laughs> well, I've been thinking about this teaching a lot, and it relates to this conversation. Darren shares it often from his teacher, Lee, and it's, I'm paraphrasing, but it's like, everything costs something, but you have to make a profit. Yes. Right? So it's like, being a yoga teacher, what's the cost? Security? Stability, you know, things that I would really like. <laughs> yeah. But then what's the profit is like for me personally, it's like freedom, creativity, time, mm-hmm. you know, like um, capacity to like do what I fucking want to some degree. But that costs something, you know, totally. and then, like, a friend of mine from high school, like messaged me and was like, you look like you're having so much fun, like teaching yoga. And I'm like, Sure. It might look like that. And I literally was like, sure, but everything costs something. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, well, he looks like more fun than me doing law. And I'm like, you have money. Right. Everything <laughs> costs school. something. You know, so it's like, you have money, but maybe you don't like feel as jazzed yeah. about your everyday situation. And I'm
1: sure there um, have been plenty of law people who have quit their jobs and started teaching yoga and may or may not have worked out. You know, like it yeah. may not be what you romanticize it to be yeah yeah I think it's the point I one of the points there are many points <laughs> yeah. okay so yeah.
0: let's talk about dirty South yoga yeah as a brand oh man um <laughs> so how, how many months out are we from your festival
1: it was like a month ago a month ago yeah how do you feel well this is so let me recap to like how I felt the year before
0: at yeah. the, the yoga okay, festival. Okay.
1: The year before I
0: was exhausted. That's kind of why I was saying how do you like I wanted a comparison. Yeah.
1: I had like adrenal fatigue. I like uh I it probably took me months to recover from doing the festival the year before. Um,
0: at the time I Let's was Let's just like pause. Yeah. <laughs> So, I just want people to acknowledge that because here's the thing about, like, seeing people's, like, successes, right? So people might be like, oh, my God, fucking Jessica is, like, killing it. And you are. And everything costs something. Right. And so, like, now you're learning how to, like, mitigate those costs. But at some point, it was, like, fucking adrenal fatigue totally. and months of your life yeah. to produce this thing that you love. So, like, that is a real thing. Exactly. Okay, continue. Thank thank you. for
1: Yeah, that's the cost. Um, and it doesn't...
0: You know, not always, right? But, but I just but it's like,
1: like something you acknowledge. Let's go back to the pivot model. <laughs> you acknowledge that you you say, "Hey, I have adrenal fatigue. This is not something that I can continue doing every cost. year for the yeah. f- rest of my life if I'm going to f- continue feeling this way."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I knew going into it, I was like, "Okay, I got to make some adjustments." Mm-hmm. So one of those was quitting teaching, um, because mm-hmm. I was quitting. I was teaching. I had day job and yoga festival. So it's like 6 a.m., teach, go to day job, go home, be on the computer, maybe teach a class in the afternoon, work all weekend. It just, for, for like three or four months, that was my life. So obviously I had adrenal fatigue afterwards. So at the beginning of the year, I was like, okay, I have to make a choice. Let go of teaching. Um, go all in on the festival and start getting tools that are going to make this more sustainable. Mm-hmm. So those were the things I went into at the beginning of the year. And I would say, and this is something you said about Cultivate Union, um, with the help part.
0: Oh man, yeah.
1: This year, one of my biggest, biggest goals was to learn how to ask and let people help me. Mm-hmm. Um, which I still struggle with. Um, it's probably like one of my biggest things in like every area of my life, but I like intentionally put energy towards that, and it made a huge difference um, it made a huge difference in just like me not feeling alone in the process mm. it made a big difference in people showing up to like fill in the holes the day mm. of it made a difference in um I, don't, I think I don't have adrenal fatigue right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I feel I think pretty I'm pretty normal. good. Yeah, and like, <laughs> and so it was, it was really nice to be able to look back and say, you know, there were moments, believe me, I had my moments um, leading up to the festival where I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this again. But I also had people in my life who were like, remember this happened last year, you're going to be okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, and <laughs> like, just, yeah, because it's like the more people that can help you, the more people there are to just say, you're doing the job like every time you would freak out i was like dude i know you're gonna get like you're gonna hit your target like i know like there's no way you're not gonna not do well right you know like without a doubt never do i doubt like dirty south in your work you know what i mean thank you
1: yeah thanks but um yeah so i think my biggest learning for this year was ask for help and let Mm. people help you Mm -hmm. um and it just become it becomes more fun and people are generous and want to help. Yeah. Um so yeah, that was my biggest learning and I'm gonna try and hold on to that and like <laughs> grow it mm-hmm. for the future.
0: And you had your biggest
1: event? Oh yeah, it was our biggest event. See. We did two days. Um and, like, of course, now I'm on the, like, other side of it. So, I'm like, oh, yeah, next year we'll go bigger and then <laughs> more days. I'm like, blah. So, I'm in a really good good place right now. Um, the month before the event, you know, I go a little
0: crazy. But that's that's the cost. So, looking back, what is, like, maybe this isn't a good question, but, like, what's, like, your favorite thing about creating Dirty South? Mm. And it could be like the actual event or the process or, I don't know.
1: Well, I think it's kind of similar to what we're doing here. If um, I get so many more relationships, like, <laughs> this is this might sound sad, but um, <laughs> <laughs> like in my adult life, um, you know, I have, we have day jobs. We have our friends from childhood. If you, I, I grew up in Atlanta, so I have my mm. childhood friends. Um but other than that, most of my adult relationships are through the yoga community. And so it's just like opens these doors of me to like meet people who I haven't known yet and mm-hmm. build more relationships and it, um, and get to know people and um, and then hopefully cultivating that for other people too. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing, we had this group of volunteers like the week before the event, Randomly, we ended up having being able to set up on Saturday instead of Sunday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: so I was like, "Oh, well, we need hands of people who are going to be able to do that." So a handful of random people just appeared out of nowhere and asked to volunteer, and I was like, "Well, can you come Saturday?" And they each came and they each brought somebody, and then this group of volunteers who didn't know each other before, at the end of the day were like exchanging numbers and like, "Oh, can't wait till we get together and like um and hang out, and it's just this, it's an opportunity for friendships and connections and, um, and community yeah. to, to exist. Yeah. And not that it doesn't exist in other places, but it's really magical to see it, um, happen
0: around something that
1: you put so much energy into.
0: Yeah. I think Dirty South, it was really fun, you know, like that weekend was, if it felt intense for me, I can't imagine how it felt for you. But like, I also, so last minute, one of the volunteers like dipped out. And so I like texted a friend of mine from teacher training and was like, can you volunteer? And she was like, yes. And it was like Friday and she could come on Sunday to be like a room checker in person. Was it Kelly? Michelle. Michelle. I didn't meet her. Yeah. So she was like, and at the end of the day, I was like, how was it? She was like, it was a best. Like she was like, (laughs) she was so stoked. She was like, I got to take classes. I got to meet people. I got to practice with teachers I would have never practiced with and that was something I heard a lot this yeah. year. Like one of my friends Jenny was like I intentionally picked out people that I don't go to. And yeah. a lot of people said that. And so that was really cool that was that people were, you know, putting themselves even though it was a comfortable space, they were allowing themselves to do something new. Yeah. Super cool.
1: Well, yeah, and that that's another thing. And I think this comes back to what you were saying before with Cultivate Union, too. You were creating something you wanted to exist. Um. And that's really where Dirty South came from. I I was in a position... At the time that this idea came up, to be exploring a lot of new and different teachers, mm-hmm. and found so much inspiration in that process, mm-hmm. um, that I was like, everyone should be able to be able to to be able to do that. But yeah. we have the constraints of time, we have the constraints of distance, we have the constraints of um, teachers being available. Yeah, so. I mean, really, it came out of something that was a really enjoyable, inspiring experience for me, trying to bottle that up and create that on a larger scale.
0: Yeah. that sense? Yeah, and I think, you know, it's happening. Like, it was so cool to witness this yeah. year. Like, I was like, oh, this shit is poppin'. Yeah. This is on point. Like, it was so good.
1: Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, you know, <laughs> me being myself, too, I have my, like, list of like oh then for next year remember these things so that you can mm. fix them yeah but that's just that just those are those things are always going to be there and whatever you do
0: so so what what's like now that this year's happened, so this is the fourth event mm-hmm. what what's like what's your vision for dirty south and like how has it changed from this year and so what are you excited about
1: I feel like, and maybe it's because I'm reading that book, I feel like I'm at a pivot point um, where I can take and build on the momentum of the festival. Mm-hmm. And um, I really want it to become more of a community mm-hmm. so that it's not just an event, mm-hmm. um, but it is a community that relationships come out of and that there's some support to sustain those relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, The other component is that I've been really kind of wrestling with, A, how to communicate, and B, what exactly that is, um, is how can you take this group of people, yoga practitioners, who, um, you know, they all come to the practice for something, but they're all people who are craving community, They're all people who are, I shouldn't say all, but a lot of people who want to do good. Mm -hmm. Um, And how do you combine that to create more good in the world, if that even makes any sense? I don't know if it's like a service-related or um, relationship-based. I'm not sure exactly, but how do you take a group of people who love doing yoga and transform that into a community of people who do yoga and create more good in the world
0: does that make sense yeah so it seems like you want to streamline and harness the energy of dirty south yoga to impact atlanta
1: yes yeah atlanta and the south and and that's another thing that i'm kind of exploring is like okay I have this huge advantage of being from Atlanta and knowing the instructors here. Is this something that can exist in other places? Yes. Particularly in the South. Yes. Um.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> your answer, and you know that already, though. Yeah,
1: I do. You've been asked. I do. I do. And I know that there. I mean, that's the whole thing. Atlanta, you know, the yoga scene in New York and the yoga scene in LA and San Francisco are different than what we have here in Atlanta. We're mm. younger, if you will. Yeah. Um, but compared to other southern cities, we're probably rooted in experience that they are just coming into. I have an
0: idea. Yeah, what's your idea? Dirty South Yoga Fest.
1: No. Oh, yeah, I know. That's I know. I know. I know. I have a <laughs> couple phone calls to make, but that would be so fun. And it's close enough that, like, you can go from Atlanta to New Orleans. That would be so much fun. Yeah,
0: or Savannah. And there's
1: really cool. There's really cool teachers in um, New Orleans. Yeah. Um, I think they just opened the Church of Yoga
0: down there. Oh yeah, that kind of had a little. Con- uh, I know. I know. I know. But that's I beautiful. Re- but I really want to talk to her about it. Yeah, it's like that. So the controversy was. We
1: should take a road trip and do podcast weekend. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'll do anything. Um, Wait, okay, let's go back to Dirty South. Okay, so next step of Dirty South is giving people opportunities to, like...
1: Connect throughout the year.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it's not
1: a a once-a-year thing, and then... And and the other things throughout the year aren't going to be huge festivals. They'll be smaller scale and hopefully things that build upon what's already happening yeah if that makes sense i don't want to reinvent the wheel i want to support um existing things in the yoga community yeah um plus i do have something in the pot i don't want to i'm not going to say it yet okay actually there's two really big things that are in the pot right now that hopefully will be happening in 2018.
0: Woohoo! oh cool i don't even know you know about one of them oh okay (laughs) (laughs) um yeah I think you're right that people want community people want to belong to something like there have been times there have been two times where I've like been doing something for myself and then been invited to welcome people in and one was like an you project and one I just like last December I was like I'm just going to do free meditations on Sundays and if people want to join me they can sign up and the first time was like I was doing a 40-day mantra project and I invited people to do it with me and like both times when I shared it I was really surprised at how many people were like I want to do that too I was like oh really like I was like "Mm, okay like the mantra thing it was like you know 50 people or something were in this Facebook group with me and I was like this is what I'm doing I like made a video about mantra and last year like I think something like 80 something people were like put me on your email thing to get these free meditations like so and join in and it's like there's so many ways that we can just do stuff and sometimes it's simpler than we think mm-hmm. I think like a lot of what's happening in in my experience of yoga sometimes is like I want to make something and I want it to feel fresh and exciting so I can be excited about it but then I'm like over the thing and it's like Nah, just like do the thing, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. I
1: 100% agree with that. I I walk this edge of like that, of wanting to do something that's never been done before, but then I remind myself almost everything has probably been done before, just maybe in a different way. (gasps) You know what I mean? Like, there's this book which I haven't read, (laughs) but I want to read it. It's called Steal Like an Artist. But the whole, I mean, it's based on the concept that there's no original idea. Um, just personal touch, kind of, and it goes a lot. Especially since we're doing yoga, yoga is a very ancient practice. It's not like you're going to yoga class and gonna experience something that has never been done before. You're going to it because it has been done before and it's and it works works, <laughs> you know. Um, so I do think a lot of people put pressure on themselves to like do something that doesn't exist. When it's really a little bit more about, like, what would make this more authentic or more, mm. um, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly. But trying not to completely reinvent the wheel, especially with yoga.
0: Cause, yeah. Okay. Well, it's like the more, more important thing is that, like, you're stoked about the thing, that you believe in the thing. Because then that's the whole like energetics behind it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yes. Okay. So more things to
1: come. More the dirty things to come.
0: Yoga.
1: Still in the idea phase, so can't give you a lot because I don't know a lot. <laughs> I mean that's that's the moral of the story. If you're listening, I don't have it all figured out. Rachel doesn't have it no, all figured definitely. out. <laughs> De- yeah, definitely not. Um, but we're experimenting just like anyone else who has something that they want to give it a shot, you know?
0: Yeah. And like, I am always interested in learning from people who have that kind of mindset, you know what I mean? Like if someone's like, here's another teaching from like Darren and Lee is like, Lee says like, when you package something up to like present and like sell or whatever it is, like it's already dead. Hmm. Wait, ex- expand on that. <laughs> so it's the idea that there's like, it's like when something is available for consumption, like it's already dying. Mm, like like food.
1: Everything. Like
0: everything. Because I'm it's like the, analogy the creation sense. is where the life-giving ah, okay, okay. energy is. I got it, is. I got it. You know what I mean? Does that oh, make like, sense? Yep, yep, yep. So it's like then what's more important is not so much that we're always like, consuming it's like yep. more important that we're always like creating totally. and like figuring out how to like be in that like life-giving yep. cycle and that the cycle doesn't end right because it's like i have a thing that works here right it's already dying yeah no I, know?
1: I i i saw something similar there. sorry dead is the wrong
0: word dying maybe is like more appropriate no it makes sense yeah. i just i i get it the life is in the creation life is in the creation and creation doesn't stop you know what I mean so it's like we can never just be like okay this is the answer right and that's it and it's never going to change and it's always going to be the same it's going to be even though that's what we like want to be able to find as like humans like yeah it's like when
1: I ask Marlisa a question she gives me an answer I'm like oh I want the easy I want the the dead packaged things (laughs) but you're pushing it back on me to search for the answer Yeah, yeah 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 okay what else should we talk about well, I think that's a lot. And we talked
0: about a lot of things. We talked about a lot of
1: things. Um, I mean, by the time this comes out, we will have season three packaged up. Um, and dead? No. And <laughs> and dead. No, it'll totally be totally kidding. <laughs> it'll be alive. Um, and I think I think that's it. Is there anything else? I think that's
0: it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, okay, we're done. We're done. (laughs) We're done. Bye. Thank you.